0: Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright, and I am joined by a special guest, Amelia. Say hi to all our listeners, Amelia.
1: Hi. I'm excited to be here. You're it's going ex-
0: fun. You're excited because yes. it will be fun, right?
1: Yes, it will be fun.
0: Yes. Okay. So, hey, Amelia. Yes. What's your favorite color? Blue. Blue. Basic. Basic. Basic blue. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what's your favorite animal? A dog. A dog. Do you like blue dogs? No. There's a, there's a blue healer. Yeah. Do you like blue healers?
1: I like most dogs.
0: Most dogs, but not blue healers?
1: <laughs> I like basically any dog.
0: Any dog? I, I'm with you. I, I love dogs. Okay. So, favorite color? Blue. Basic blue. Not baby blue. Not sky blue. Basic blue. And you like all dogs. Big dogs, small dogs, tiny dogs?
1: I prefer big dogs, but I like all dogs. Like
0: really big dogs, like a hundred pound plus dogs? Yeah. Awesome. That I like them. I told my wife I want a dog that I can ride. And she looked at me and said, They're called horses. We don't have a horse either, so okay. That is all besides the point. Today, we get to discuss the readings for this coming Sunday, and it is from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. It's the temptations of Jesus Christ. And at the onset of this, we need to set up the context, the the, the story behind this a little bit. Jesus was just baptized, and we hear that he— goes to John the Baptist, and John the Baptist says, No, I need to be baptized by you. But Jesus says, This is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And so Jesus is baptized. We hear the voice of God the Father. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And then we hear that the um, the Holy Ghost descends upon Jesus in the form of a dove, And everybody sees this. This is huge. And then we pick up immediately. He is led by the Holy Spirit out into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. Amelia, how hungry would you be after 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness?
1: I'd say pretty hungry.
0: So what's your favorite food?
1: Any type of pasta.
0: Oh, pasta. I love pasta. Okay, so 40 days, 40 nights out in the wilderness— I'm pretty sure Jesus is hungry. I'm pretty sure he's thirsty. I'm pretty sure he's weak. Guess who shows up? Satan. Satan. And he tempts Jesus. The first temptation is a temptation at Jesus' humanity. Again, if I was in the wilderness, I'd be hungry. And he makes this statement, If you are the Son of God, command these stones... Become loaves of bread. I think that's reasonable. Jesus is the creator of all things. Doesn't he have power over his creation? Yeah. Okay. So could Jesus turn stones into bread?
1: Of course he can.
0: Okay. So why doesn't he?
1: Because he needs to show that the human part and the human bread doesn't matter as long as we have the spiritual faith and we get uh, communion through Jesus, that that's what's important.
0: I love that. Because that is essentially exactly what Jesus says. Jesus, combating Satan, says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And you just said it beautifully, that Jesus in his humanity is simply saying, I'm going to trust in God, my Father, our Father, and he will take care of me even in this, and, and as you mentioned, the, the communion, the, the connection being unified in God. And so, I, I love your, your answer. I got another question on this, too. Why does Satan feel the need to have Jesus prove that he's the Son of God? The, the question is, if you are the Son of God, do you think—why? Why? Do you think the devil knows that Jesus is the Son of God?
1: Yeah, I think he realizes this, but he wants Jesus to go out there and prove himself, and that's not why Jesus came. Jesus came to save us, not to show that how high and mighty he is.
0: Oh, that is an amazing answer, because there's another place that he says uh, the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. So, wonderful. Okay, so we continue with the temptations. And then we hear that the devil took him to the holy city, this would be Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, so he could see um, all of Jerusalem. And then again makes this interesting question. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command the angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. So now... This is Jesus' life, and we're moving a little past his humanity. Throw yourself down because God won't let you die. You don't have to worry about anything. So, what's up with this this temptation? What, what do you? How do you see this?
1: I think he's trying to show that you, but that he's trying to test Jesus to test God, basically. But that we're not supposed to test God in those things. That we just have to trust that He's there with us always.
0: Love the answer because it, it's exactly what Jesus says. Again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. This is something I I really don't understand. You have Jesus, true man, true God. And you have Satan tempting Jesus to tempt God. Throw yourself down because God won't let you die. But Jesus is God all at the same time. And that statement that Jesus makes, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. I think just—it blows my mind. And I really think that the devil doesn't fully understand what he's doing. You got any thoughts on that? I, I'm I'm just boggled at this.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of the same foot as you. He just—I don't think he really understands the true power of God and Jesus. He just knows that they're here and they're for us and that they're mighty, but he doesn't really understand the true power.
0: I I, I can't agree with you more. Okay, so the last temptation— We have that uh, the devil takes Jesus to a high mountain and then shows him the kingdoms of the world, so all the kingdoms, and then makes this really big statement, all of these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. So first of all, how can the devil claim that he is the owner, he is the power of all the kingdoms of earth? How do you think he can say something like that?
1: I think he can say it because the world is so sinful and that he lives off of the sin and the non-believing God that basically the world is so sinful that he just has power over that.
0: I I actually could not say that any better. Uh, In fact, I was having a conversation, I think, with Pastor Skizik, and that very statement came up um, that—and kind of going back to your other statement, why does the devil think— he can do all of this. Does he not know that this is truly the Son of God, the power? He doesn't understand this power because I agree with you that he thinks he is the God of this world or the, the prince of this world, that he owns it. And, and the audacity, the arrogance of him standing before Jesus and saying, see all this stuff that you created? I will give it to you because I own it. And so I, I, I absolutely because of sin, because of corruption. He thinks he's winning. He thinks he's ruling. And then Jesus. So, I, I want you, I'm going to read this, but I want you to tell me how you think Jesus says this. So, Jesus, challenging or answering the devil, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall not worship the Lord. You shall worship the Lord, your God, and him only shall you serve. So, okay, they're on this mountaintop, He sees all the kingdom. How do you think he says, be gone, Satan, for it is written? How do you think he says it? Do you think he says it loud? Do you think he says it soft? Tell tell me how you you envision this in your mind.
1: He's standing directly at him and saying it directly to his face to tell him to leave.
0: Do you think it's forceful or do you think it's just matter of fact, deadpan, be gone, Satan?
1: Matter of fact, just to tell him he needs to leave.
0: So, I I think there's a lot to that, Uh, and the reason, because in my mind, I think that he's very straightforward, but I don't think he yells, and I don't think he gets riled up, but it's also not like he's bored, uh, but very, very factual, because Jesus already knows that Satan's defeated and that he will not fall, And and I love the idea that he just looks at Satan and just very serious, be gone. And it's not this big show. It's not this big um, event. It just happens. Okay. so that—I love your answers. And this really helps set the tone for all of Lent, because we will be tempted again and again and again. Guess what we do when we're tempted?
1: We fail and we sin.
0: We fail and we sin. And what's really neat about this is all of our life in Christ, we're the spiritual Israel. We are put into Christ. And because he doesn't fall into temptation, that means that we get to stand before Satan. And we get to say, "Begone, Satan, because Jesus has already defeated him. And so we get to, to look at Jesus and say, you, you deal with it. And he says, okay, I'll do it. And he defeats Satan and says, my life is your life. Okay, so as we go into the penitential season of Lent, that means that we repent and recognize our sins, what do we do with all of this as we, as we go to church, as we live? What, what, what do we do with this text? How do we apply it to our lives?
1: We see that how Jesus was able to do that, even though he was so weak for being out there for 40 days and 40 nights, and we need to apply that to our everyday life also.
0: Awesome. I love it. It is all about faith and the trust that God will take care of us in and through all things. Well, Amelia, this is your chance. Is there anything else you want to add to this discussion? Anything else that that, that jumped out to you? Do you have any questions about this text?
1: No, I think you covered it all.
0: Well, I appreciate your confidence in me covering it all. Uh, What's great about this is we really do get to see the the power and love of Christ. And I appreciate your answers because they really do help open up what is happening and all that is given to us in Christ. So, thank you, Amelia, for, for taking time out of class to hang out with me and to discuss the wonderment of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.